welcome to a very special edition of the Viato podcast. This is Lance Helgeson with Viato. We're recording at NADA 2020 in Las Vegas, and with me today is Patrick Jaynes, the Director of Business Development for Stockwave. Patrick, how are you today? Awesome. Hey, I'm at NADA. I can't be better. This is true. This <laughs> is true. Well, let's talk a little bit about inventory acquisition. Uh, Patrick, what are you hearing from dealers here on the floor about their inventory acquisition opportunities or even challenges? Yeah, I think, you know, we're looking for a very robust used car market this year. Matter of fact, uh, you know, our very own Jonathan Smoke, our chief economist, says that we're looking for a 300,000 unit lift in retail sales of used cars this year. So that's pretty exciting. Dealers understand that. And they also understand that new cars are going to probably yep. slump a little bit. That's yep. the forecast. Matter of fact, it's a 300,000 unit contraction on new cars. So the question is, how am I going to feed the machine mm -hmm. if I want to go after this nice, robust used car market? It may not happen solely from trades. So our discussions are around how do we be smart about that, maybe take uh, an investor approach to going to get that additional inventory instead of just speculative and just going out and buying a bunch of cars at auction or buying off uh, the daily rental car list. <laughs> what, what's the difference between, say, the, so this, you just kind of described the speculator approach, just kind of go out and get some cars. Tell me more about what the investor kind of approach looks like. I think that first, we've got to find out what's selling in your market. You've got to have a strategy. So I don't think this is a, hey, the GSM says we're doing really well with uh, 2017 cameras. So let's go buy 10 of those and then fill them in. And, you know, there's always going to be some bread and butter cars that work well for you. But mostly look at the market. All right. So there's a lot of data, certainly from Viato, within their strategy page to be able to go in and say, how is my history of the sales of those particular cars? But more important, what's my market's history? And find those sweet spots within the price points or price segments and vehicle segments to go into the auction and find some stuff you know will move quickly and can actually be profitable. So you know, we try to help dealers with that strategy because mm -hmm. it's not easy. It's, mm -hmm. it's not all served up on a silver platter, but we're able to help them use the tool to go in and make some of those decisions to fill the right holes carefully and find cars that actually will give you that return on investment instead of just saying, hey, you know, I sold 60 cars last month. I'm only going to trade 40. Let me just go buy 20 cars. My GSM says, you know, buy 20 of these. Let's put some strategy around it. Now, I did hear, speaking of kind of inventory supply and things like that, that we were blessed in 2019 with the auction lanes showing the crossovers, the midsize SUVs. For a while, there was kind of an imbalance. There were more cars in the lanes than there were the cars, the vehicles that consumers really wanted to buy. Yesterday, I was in a session where they were talking about how the millennials will become the largest car buying cohort. And guess what? They like sedans, in part because of affordability. I'm, what are you hearing from dealers, or how can dealers sort of understand if, in fact, that shift occurs if they've been so accustomed to going after these SUVs, crossovers, and trucks? I often wonder if the driver is... Do the millennials really want sedans, or is that an affordability uh, issue? It is an affordability, <laughs> yes, yes, it's true. You know, I need that payment car, and I'm not willing to pay up for some luxury that I don't really need. Transportation is getting me from point A to point B. Right. They're not as passionate about, oh, i got to have the greatest-looking SUV, and i got to sit above everybody. 
I need transportation. There's a payment that I can afford. It's, you know, there's not a whole lot of passion involved in here. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, I think the intermediate sedan, that segment seems to be very, very hot when I'm talking with dealers. And I think it's more driven by, I got a little more space, but I still like the payment. Right, right. And those cars are still readily available because we haven't seen that huge shift historically three, four, five years ago. Mm -hmm. We were still selling a lot of sedans. But I often wonder what the future brings when nothing that's coming back on, let's say, into the off-lease market is nothing but SUVs because of what we've created and what happens to that, you know, the affordability just kind of drives up and there's no more of those payment cars. So I've been telling dealers, go get them now, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of buyers out there that can afford that vehicle and they'll trade off the SUV if the payment's right. That's right. Now, here at NADA, the auto founder Dale Pollack is releasing his latest book, Gross Deception. And one of the things that he talks about in the book is how dealers, if they want to capitalize and take advantage of this growing used car market, which you mentioned it's 300 some thousand units larger than it was last year, that they really have to be careful of the idea that if I want to sell more, I got to stock more. In the context of, say, a tool like Stockwave, which, you know, helps you buy more and stock more, what's the balance look like where you strike that balance between making sure you're not overstocking, but having enough to sell. Right. Yeah, there's an interesting statistic for me, and when I was in retail, I would have not have met this statistic, and that is NADA says that the average franchise dealer really sources about 25 to 26% of their inventory at auction. I was probably much lower than that. I was one of those, I'm going to live off my trades because I don't like going to the auction. Right. You know, I don't want to be the last guy with my hand up, and those vehicles I never make money on, they age on me, etc. But again, when we talk about the new car market contracting and an opportunity amongst us you know, growing in used cars, I've got to get back to the auction and supplement that inventory. But again, I got to do it smart. Mm -hmm. And so when I see Dale saying, hey, let's not go out there you know, willy-nilly and just buy a bunch of cars, 60, 90-day supply to meet this demand, we agree with that. But we try to coach dealers with Stockwave because of the technology, you're able to go in and mine that wholesale availability every day. We think dealers should be buying cars online every day, every week, keep a steady flow of inventory coming into the dealership, knowing where your sales are pacing and replacing it as you go. Instead of going in once a month, buying three truckloads of vehicles and saying, all right, we'll see how we do this month and then I'll go back in and do it again. So the technology allows you to kind of cast a wider net, get out of your backyard, all from the comforts of your office, mm -hmm. and be able to find those little hidden gems, use the metrics. So this year we incorporated the profit time scoring system mm -hmm. into Stockwave. Mm -hmm. So they'll be able to look at that and evaluate the vehicle as a good investment. Use all the other metrics that we have, obviously with market day supply and average retail price, et cetera, and be able to buy those cars that really make sense and will be profitable. But don't buy them in bulk. Buy them very strategically and let them come in and not overwhelm your reconditioning process and all the things that big chunks of inventory tend to do to an operation. So efficient and steady as she goes. One last question, Patrick, on the point of the profit time metrics. When I talk to dealers who have profit time, they tell me that for folks who don't know, profit time will put a score on a car and give it a precious metal designation, the best 
designations platinum. It goes from there to gold, to silver, and bronze. So bronze would be your lowest investment value vehicles. What I hear from dealers is that if you're at an auction, you're blessed and lucky if you find something that's silver. It's mostly bronze cars. So to your point of a good investment, I guess I'm curious, in the lens of profit time, what does that look like at auction? Yeah, that's a challenge. There's no doubt about that. Now, I truly believe that if you cast a wider net and find that car that is in the wrong market at the wrong time, you might be able to keep your cost to market in check. Yeah, you're going to pay some transportation to get it there, but you find that black interior, black vehicle in Florida, and you're in Washington, D.C., in the middle of July, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to bid on that car right. if they're going to sell it in 30 days. Yeah. And then you're up in Washington, D.C., where you can sell that car all day long for a premium. Mm -hmm. That's where the local market data kind of helps you make that decision. Now, are you going to find all those hidden gems out there? Not necessarily. But what's most important is you know what you got. Fair point. So when I right. bring that car in, I know it's a bronze car. I'm going to price that car accordingly. I'm going to merchandise it immediately. I'm going to get it online. And again, I'm trying to fill holes in my inventory, not try to drive my whole retail strategy by buying 20 or something, 20 bronze cars and saying, oh, we just need cars, right? Right. So I think it's more about being strategic and then pricing accordingly. And hopefully, I'm trading some platinum, silver, and gold cars right. Right. that are going to help me with that law of averages, right? So I can keep those margins up across the board. And let's not forget that even if it's a bronze car, it still has an F&I shot. Exactly, exactly. Well, yep. Patrick, I know you have to get back to the floor. Thank you for taking time with me and us here today for the V Auto Podcast. Hope the rest of your show goes well. My pleasure, Lance, thanks. And folks, thank you for joining us on the V Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well.